0: Welcome back to Bloodthirsty Times. I'm your host, Emily.
1: And it's your boy, Will. And I'm shocked of you.
0: This week, we are diving into a 16-year span of mental health struggles, medical malpractice, and a very murderous rabbit hole. Here we are still doing this whole worldwide panorama thing, so why not talk about a mentally ill nurse who kills a lot of patients? So take your meds and join us in these Bloodthirsty Times. Bloodthirsty Times <laughs>
2: Killers do on a small scale what governments do on a large one. They are a product of the times and these are bloodthirsty times.
1: Hey, what's going on everybody? It's uh, Super Bowl Sunday. We're back. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. In time for the well, Super you... Bowl. Yeah, you're probably the only one here who gives a shit about the Super Bowl. Well, uh, who you got?
2: I wouldn't say I give a shit about the Super Bowl, but uh, uh, it'd be nice for the Rams to win. Bring it to LA. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, that's, that's the only reason I'm uh, going for anybody's because they're from LA.
2: Yeah.
0: I'm um, surprised you didn't that? know that LA was in it, Octavia. Oh,
1: it's because I don't give a shit about <laughs> football at all. I'm not even a little, no
0: really soccer
1: i like the world cup and i like some mls teams like i like uh LAFC new la team. team the lafc uh you know i'll watch it when i catch it but other than that sports are just not my thing dude just not
2: yeah you didn't know the in it so i told you two seconds before we hit record <laughs> yeah
1: yeah we, we had a whole conversation about. i was like wait i thought it was like the chiefs or something dude. like i don't know no, even the
0: people from last year yeah i don't Bengals.
1: So. Yeah, the only thing that I care about the Super Bowl for is that when I used to live in Southern California, this is the day that we would go to like Six Flags or Disneyland because no one would be there because they're watching the Super Bowl. And so it's the only I appreciated it going uh, happening because I was like, "Hey, nobody in line, great."
2: That's forward thinking, right there.
0: Very uh, much so. That's a really good idea. Yeah,
2: must but, be, like, that must have been, that been like a, a uh, Mexican family thing.
0: Yeah, probably. <laughs>
1: No, I didn't go with my family. I went with, like, friends and stuff. Oh, really? It's really? Yeah, really, none of them. Like, with my friends, not me, I never picked it up, but I, I, all my friends are, like, skater boys and, like, like playing in bands. So you they just didn't care boy. about football. Um. said see you later, boy. Um, but, yeah, it's just, it's just a thing I don't give a fuck about.
0: Fair oh, enough. I'm glad that you're passionate about not giving a fuck about football. Yeah.
1: Oh, you've seen my post on Facebook yes. when, like, because I work at a – we're in southern Mississippi, so when I go to work and like Alabama wins or loses the next day I'm don't like, Oh talk my god. Shit
0: about Alabama, bro.
1: Well it's not it's not Alabama, it's their fans. It's just bro, like, I'm I, a fan. I, yeah. But like I go to work and like is the conversation's always like Roll Tad. Oh they they won or they didn't win or you know, fuck Auburn. I don't know. Bam-a. It's just <laughs> <whoa. laughs> But, wow, like, you guys. it would be the same It would be the same thing if, like, I were to go to work and be like, oh, my God, do you see the Rainbow Six Siege, like, eSports tournament? Like, no one gives a shit They would look at me. you like you
0: grew a dick out of your forehead, probably. Yeah,
1: that's what I'm saying. It's the same thing. That's what it's like for me listening to them talk about football.
0: All right, I'm going to bow out here. You guys are talking shit, so you guys handle this for me, okay?
1: All right. So, uh, with that being said, I think we're ready to get into this. Uh, what is this? A killer Nerd? An Angel of Death? Is that what they're called? Angel of... I don't think that
0: it's like a I widely that's what used term. I don't know. that There's a lot of them. I hope not. But yes, this one specifically uh, is the Angel of Death.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of them classified. It's really just like nurses who kill or medical people who kill. I think they're referred to as Angel of Death. So I think that's like the category, quote unquote, that they're put in. I feel like you they even
0: created that title for themselves at one point or two in time.
1: Maybe, possibly, yeah. I mean, when serial killers name themselves... Is, you know, yeah, you could be right. It happens. But when you, if you're ready, we'll still tell Richard to get on up out of here, and we'll start. Well,
2: if you're right, you're right. You know what
1: they say. Rocks, Richard. Thanks, Richard. We'll see. We'll see you next week, man.
0: Okay. So this case was one of the most oddly written about cases I have ever researched. The amount of conflicting information and misinformation is insane. When you're talking about people who are still alive and could, what I feel, communicate with like another human being on Earth and deal that dealt with this person and verify or debunk the details, this one had me digging on the web, worrying that I'm going to be on some federal watch list now. Like seriously, it was bad. I was had twelve browser pages pulled up at once.
1: Yeah, I think just being a podcast host, especially true crime, I think every one of us. Uh, yeah, we're are, on watch list. Are, yeah, ours. <laughs> Search history is... Uh, I think they're like, oh, this guy's probably a podcaster. But then, what if what if they're not? <laughs> it's just some guy looking up horrible details of
0: murders and stuff. They're trying to get ideas.
1: But uh, you're saying that uh, there's conflicting information. I'm sure... I, I know. actually know you'll get into it, but like, he just didn't talk. And uh, it makes people mad. He just fucking refused to say shit. Yeah.
0: But yeah. even if he didn't say anything after the fact, the people around him who worked with him and are still alive today... Could very well kind of speak to the situation, but we'll get into that. So today's crazy person, and I don't say that like as a negative, he did have mental illness, is Charles Edmund Cullen, and he was born on February 22nd, 1960 to an Irish Catholic working class family. He was the youngest of eight children, and when he was eight months old, his father passed away. Although he was very, very close to his mother, he was still the youngest of eight children, and his older sisters had boyfriends who bullied him as well as his classmates. He was small, scrawny, and, like, really pale. The lack of protection from his sisters was probably what led to his misogynistic mindset at an age he didn't even know what that word meant, thus leading him on a long life of mental instability due to unaddressed and never-treated mental health issues. He exhibited in almost every aspect of his life.
2: (laughs) Are you saying an Irishman's pale?
0: Uh, I just <laughs> the, learned that I was Scottish. Actually, I thought joke. I was Irish the whole time.
2: <laughs> just it's a joke—he's scrawny know. and pale. I'm like, yeah, he's Irish.
1: But yes, he had red <laughs> hair. I actually don't know Scottish. It looks like, I just realized.
0: I yeah, don't. I just realized that also. I've only seen it gray. Hmm.
1: But I, well, hmm. another thing to note here is that. Here we have yet another killer who lost his dad early in life. Isn't that something? Yeah, it's weird.
0: We'll get into a a couple of um, repeat lifestyle choices, I guess, or lifestyle that we've talked about.
1: Commonalities of other killers.
0: Yeah, I thought you said cotton. I was like, what? Okay, so back into this. He has already started to exhibit his mental health issues and he first attempted suicide at the age of nine by drinking chemicals that he had taken from a chemistry set it only made him sick and that pissed him off but this would be the start of a very mentally unstable life for colin that led to 20 plus suicide attempts throughout his life
1: yeah the thing about that uh, chemistry set it was like a knockoff brand so like all the chemistry like chemicals that were in there it was just weren't even potent it was, it was a food coloring
0: water for a couple <laughs> of them and that was why
1: yeah it wasn't strong enough to do anything to him because it was just a knockoff of a real chemistry set i don't know what he thought would happen i mean he he's nine so yeah in
0: 1971 while he was in fifth grade at the age of 11 charles cullen wrote a book with his only friends from school the book titled the infinity years we will never know was his exploration of his darker side and he said the book describes growing up in a world where life has no meaning and the point of life is paradoxical he claimed it was just for fun but I think that he may have been onto something there in 1977 at the age of 17 Colin's older sister was driving the car with mom and she had an epileptic episode or a seizure while she was driving and he was notified that he needed to get to the hospital right away because his mother Eleanor was in a car accident Upon arrival to the mm. hospital, Colin was told that his mother was killed and that her body was not available for him to see. It was, like, literally just not there. They said that it had been whisked away for cremation before a single family member had even seen them. So this set off his obsession and hate for the medical professionals and hospital practices in particular. Yeah. It,
1: I mean, that's, that's super shitty that... You think, do you think it was because, like, it was she was so mangled do you think possibly like no it was like for his own benefit i or... don't think
0: that's a legal thing that they could do you have to have someone claim a body even this in 1977 though they're yeah. not just flipping bitches into the cremation pit okay no I, families I don't, know. don't have like, rights what
1: what reason could they have had to do that though
0: i don't know I, like you said like he thought it was a conspiracy against him
1: yeah that's that was what i was gonna say next is that the he didn't understand either why they would, first of all, inform him so late. She, I think, they think that he, had, she, had already passed by the time they even called him. Like it wasn't even like during the accident or when it happened. So he was thinking, why would they do this right away? He, he thought the power to not inform the family was they took too much power. Like it, they.
0: Well, it's also 1977, as you stated. Um, mom wasn't driving. Sister was. I would. I didn't really even research the sister that much. They don't speak about her a lot. They don't really talk about his family in particular at all because they've all asked for privacy that are still alive. But his mom probably wasn't carrying around like a bunch of stuff that would have just widely given the hospital permission to contact someone. And also everyone had home phones or they didn't have a phone. So.
1: Well, he was playing sick that day. Like that was kind of like he had already discovered that being sick was beneficial to people caring by him there's a word for that right like when you pretend to be sick all the time
0: munchausen's hypochondria whichever version
1: yeah so he he was home when it happened like he was playing sick and i think the main takeaway from this is that he he thought that the hospital had no right to do that and they wielded too much power and it kind of stuck with him forever
0: and because of the years and like i can attest to like practices today. That's not how that works, but we don't notify family if we don't readily have information available to us to notify them. People do come in without IDs and there's nothing we can do about that. We just hope that someone calls. So I don't really know the situation as far as like, did she have her identification on her forehead? Like, what was going on? Was her crap just thrown about all over the streets because the sister had a seizure and they got into a car accident? So maybe. You know, they were just worried about getting her to the hospital. They weren't worried about her crap in the car. Don't know. Can't really say about that, but...
2: Do you know they're making a movie about this?
0: I just saw that today. And Eddie Redmayne is... Yeah, Eddie Redmayne's playing him. And Jessica Chastain is playing, I assume, his wife, maybe? I don't know.
2: Yeah, it's called The Good Uh, Nurse.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and that was a... I'm
1: sure you're going to have a lot to say about that later.
0: I don't really... It's yeah. Based off the book, She's the worst yeah. written book I've ever seen or heard in my entire life. Um Well, it's not. It's not terrible. It's not that it's terribly written. It's full just full of what, information what, what that is not. Where,
1: where do you, where do you get this information from? Like, yeah, he, I'll just butthole. Yeah, Emily was working on this earlier, like this week, and she was like, "So I read that good nurse book, but then I found a bunch of." interviews with him and he clearly states that he doesn't know if he can't verify the shit he's saying he's just saying it like why the fuck did he write a book she was so fucking pissed off i mean <laughs> she, i listened to a she,
0: podcast on the book today and he's on that podcast speaking to the like that podcast host and they're talking specifically about his book and he is talking about a summarized version but he's so all over the place with the information he quite literally says like 17 different times that he does not have this information verified in any way shape or form but he heard or he said or he read or he thought whatever the hell the case may be and he's pulling like legitimate like awful things out of his butt that would not be something I would think that you'd add to a book about a person who's still alive and the families are still alive of the victims and also his family I don't know it's just very odd that some of the shit he says in that book but it's also 11 and a half hours on audible that's 11 and a half hours i can never get back of my life so that's why i'm mad but anyways after the trauma of losing his mother who was the only woman he ever truly trusted and loved he dropped out of school and joined the u.s navy in 1978. he was assigned to the submarine corps to serve on the ballistic missile sub the uss woodrow wilson despite being bullied by his colleagues and his mental health struggles He was able to reach the rank of Petty Officer 3rd Class that was part of the team that operated the ship's missiles. He realized that life underwater wasn't the life he wanted to live and that, that began to speed up his mental health spiral, so he began to act out. He was gaining the attention of others, leading to multiple disciplinary actions. He was even spotted once going to work and working by a colleague wearing stolen surgical gowns stolen surgical mask and stolen latex gloves from the hospital's hospital i mean from the ship's submarines um hospital and he was just using them while he was working a shift as a control duty missile operator so that caused his transfer to the supply ship the uss cannabis and he tried to kill himself several times over the next few years. And his last attempt led to his medical discharge of undisclosed reasoning from the Navy in March
1: 1984. So, when the thing about him being bullied was in not only in his young life, but in the military, was that just something um, like how do we separate what Richard Graber, that was his name, Charles Graber. Charles Graber, how do we separate what he said in the book with fact? Like, how do we
0: know? Because so I read 17 different websites, and I told you I'm on a federal watch list now.
1: I know. So you're saying that what, what uh, Charles said about him, them calling him fish belly, isn't true?
0: He did state that again in the podcast I heard this morning. But also wow. he stated that he wasn't fully sure that that was the case. He just kind of... I guess was adding to the fact and giving me maybe a little bit more like pizzazz to the fact that he was being bullied. But unless you asked one of his colleagues specifically, or you asked him and he told you, then you would have no way of proving that. And as far as I know, most of the stuff he says was not proven by either party.
1: Okay. So you're just going to not include any of that stuff that you think is, uh,
0: I just didn't feel that that was necessary to like speak to someone else's unproven word i don't feel. right well, but he did okay I we can that call that the fish well. belly because he was pale and yeah. they made fun of him for that which well i, well, I also asked
1: because you left out the part where he tried to kill his uh his sister's boyfriend who was abusing his sister like is that unverified as well
0: um on the other person's part yes the author spoke about that you know more about that little section than i do so you can talk about it. That would be fine.
1: Oh well, I, I didn't know because I, I didn't go any further because I thought that you had said that, that Charles Graber uh just said shit like he you did. don't know what's verified. So if you didn't include it, I assume that you found out that it wasn't true.
0: I did not read that one time on the 17 different other websites okay. and interviews that I saw. So I did not like, like I said, I'm yeah, not well, going to add shit that I, just, I think is fake or that is made up to make your book sell. I just think that's yeah. weird.
1: Well, in the book, it says that he he uh, tried to kill his sister's boyfriend who was abusing her, and she ended up running away. And then he, when she ran away, and she was also pregnant with the kid, with his kid, uh, he turned his attentions to, um, what's this guy's name? Cullen? Yeah. Charles? Charles Cullen. Charles Cullen. Yeah, so he turned his attention on Charles and started like abusing him, like beating him up and stuff. And so Charles tried to poison him with uh, li- lighter fluid, right? Yes. He put it in his vodka. Yes, and, uh, and uh, he was hospitalized, but he didn't die. So then the guy came back and he's like, "Did you fucking poison my my drink?" And Charles like, "Dude, I don't I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, obviously it was him, but you can't prove it." So he tried to kill his um his sister's abuser and his abuser, but again, we don't know if that's.
0: I just know that they spoke very heavily on the fact that the lighter fluid was the reason, or the reason he used that was that people who heavily drink all the time would not be able to taste it in liquor. So he went yeah. with that and he just didn't, you know, uh, his dose cow wasn't really up this, to par. This is
1: what the book, this is, the book was like, this is one of the most, like, we've never had an issue with a book and, you, you know, we we, ha, we usually use a book and we can verify it with other articles or newspaper written at the time, but this one, Emily, just didn't nope, today. Everything, anything. Hmm.
0: I even found himself conflicting, like his own podcast, like his own book while on another podcast speaking about his book, he was conflicting, like giving conflicting information from the actual book. It was very unnerving and I was very aggravated. So that's why I told you that I googled so much and I listened to other podcasts. and I listened to a podcast with him specifically and none of it really like crossed over, crossed over with his stuff. His stuff was very like I felt like fluff for like added details that weren't necessarily needed, like the way he specifically states things and then reiterates it in another word, like sentence or whatever, just continue going. And then he would stop and then like go back and just add more details about nonsense, nothing that dealt with the actual case or the person.
1: Well, you, you said that you think the uh, lighter fluid thing is uh, not true, like <laughs> with the you can taste it?
2: Yeah, you should be able to. Unless you're unless it's like a mixed drink or something, but if you're an alcoholic and you're just was, drinking like a... straight vodka, you should be able to. Be like well, hold on a second. I didn't it's really understand the right. The
0: There's level of heaviness drink. he was referring to, like how much yeah. alcohol does someone have to consume a day to be not to not be able to taste lighter fluid in their liquor? But this was just vodka. He must not have put very much because the dude either one drinks too much and couldn't taste it or two he didn't put enough and the dude didn't taste it
1: yeah i don't think he knew measurements yet
0: (laughs) but he wrote a book already Hmm. yeah so anyways that undisclosed reasoning of medical discharge part really starts a whole someone dropped the ball issue and following his discharge from the navy he applied to and was accepted to join the mountainside hospital school of nursing he did very well in school and it was clear he was driven and could thrive when he wanted to he was even elected the president of his nursing class, and he graduated in 1987 as the only male student, which made him even happier, and he seemed stable at that time. But while in nursing school, which throws things off, his brother died of a drug overdose just a few months prior to him graduating. Now, I feel that that's a very triggering and traumatic event for anyone, but especially with someone with emotional and mental health issues, but he seemed to have he went through, and he was able to finish, and he was doing well. He had excelled, graduated, and he started his first nursing job at St. Barnabas Medical Center in Livingston, New Jersey on the burn unit. He met and married his wife, Adrian, on June 7, 1987, and the couple had two children in the spring of 1988 and the summer of 1992 that we will not mention by name out of respect for the mother's wishes to leave them out of the media. Soon after they got married, Adrian began to notice some disturbing and cruel behavior in her husband, but she stayed and hoped that things would get better. A couple of years into their marriage, he started drinking very heavily, he received numerous speeding tickets, and he also started to psychologically and physically abuse his family, especially during winter by turning off the heat, which I found very odd as I would never have thought about that as a form of abuse. It's also not 100% clear if it was before or after the abuse started, but he was also torturing the family abuse, I mean. He was also torturing the family's two pet Yorkshire Terriers, often placing them in trash bins or bowling bags. And the emotional torment continued to grow. And on June 11th, 1988, he killed his first patient, John Yingo, Sr. With an overdose of lidocaine, he injected into his bag of saline. In sidebar... Lidocaine IV form has many uses, but I work in the ER, so I mainly see it being used in acute cardiac event situations, such as an acute MI or heart attack, as it is used in an event to fix, correct, or reduce a ventricular arrhythmia. This patient was not having a cardiac event. If there is no need for the medication or it's given improperly, it can lead to cardiac arrest. It has to be given on a weight-based dosing scale and over a certain time to avoid possible negative reactions. He was intending to induce cardiac arrest, so it wasn't dosed for the patient, nor was it given in the proper time frame. Back to the story. He just slammed
2: him with lidocaine.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Full on. Well, patient, awake, alert, and oriented times four. Slammed him with lidocaine.
1: See, see, I can forgive all that, but the uh, the abuse of the dogs is just not. He's a psychopath. Yeah. Yeah, he's a psychopath. Are putting dogs in trash cans? Like, no. No, not happening, bro.
0: And see, I Mm. thought that was a little bit odd because he did that as an adult and they don't speak to, like, animal abuse much in his childhood, which he was, like, seemingly, like, really onto something in his childhood with, like, his book writing thing and he was really into this comic that speaks, like, I guess, to the same effect of what is life type thing. And...
1: I don't know. To me, it seems like he's... Especially after his mom died, he's he kind of always
0: been anti. Um, he's a very right? misogynistic person after that,
1: like right. But I think what I, what I was trying to say is that he's anti like authority, like with the hospital, the authority they had. He thought they abused it. Then he got to the military, and he's like, uh, "No, thanks. I I would rather not be told what to do every day." And then when he started like, because in nursing school he became the um, what are they calling the. Uh, the, the main one. The president. President. Yeah. Of, right? Yes. He's elected president of his class. Mm-hmm. So he started to taste that power. And then he started drinking. And then he would like isolate himself. And he was like in and out of like depressions and whatnot. Which was, like you said, all very much noticed by his wife. As soon as he would start drinking, he became really fucking weird. And she had a bad vibe off him and would even complain to her friends about him. But he, she's like, well, we're I'm married to him and her parents be like well your marriage isn't going to be easy so she dealt with it and she
0: I, and she I don't went know. through I don't know. a hot little minute by herself because they didn't have their first child until about a year after they got married and then their next child wasn't until a couple of years later so she, yeah, she was really worried because the abuse started with the young the oldest and it was it, it was happening in front of her and he she was just yeah. very growingly concerned but she didn't really do anything other than like speak to her family or friends and i don't know i'm i don't know their situation technically i guess but
1: she, well i guess a lot a lot of it had to do with like you said sol- solitude and being feeling alone was a big part of her life Yeah. even before the kids because she worked at a restaurant i want to say she was in and, tech um, was she? Yeah. I feel like when they met she was in a restaurant or something i, I remember there's a the different schedule so she worked uh, all day and then he would go to work all night. He preferred night shift, and he would pick up schedule like every time he could. He would someone, someone would call in, hey, do you want to work? He's like, yeah, I'll be there. Especially if it's night shift, like he was like there every day. And if he wasn't there, he was in his uh, where was he? In his basement, drinking alone by the furnace or whatever it was. <laughs> just yeah, in because he turned dark. the heat
0: off in the house, and he would sit by the yeah. furnace to stay warm for himself. But
1: yeah, so he'd just go down to the basement, lock the door, and in, he wouldn't turn on lights. He would just drink. Bottle after bottle next to the furnace in the basement. So he, when he wasn't at work and she wasn't at work, he was uh, just fucking getting drunk all by himself.
0: That sounds like so many people in the healthcare field that I know.
1: I feel
2: attacked right you now. You feel
0: attacked. Just a little bit. I don't do
2: that. I don't sit next to a furnace. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, everything
1: else though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So back to like how you were saying that he doesn't like authority. He had had some sort of a a victim mentality at that point after his mother's hospital situation with the body, not being able to see it, how he was treated in the military, all those kinds of things, which further drove his negative actions and behavior, I guess, to he just needed to like have the mindset he that he control. was in charge yes yeah. yeah and also the medical field was kind of like a shock i guess to how he hated them but he thought he was going to go there and guns blaze and change all that shit but quickly realized hey maybe i'll just kill someone
1: yeah it was it's just this story like it really like most stories comes back to present day where right now, there's like a nurse shortage and you can go anywhere in the fucking country you want to go and get paid lots of money. That's and that's kind of what Charles was like reliant on. Like in the, this happened in the 90s, right? When he first started doing it, 92, 93,
0: you 88 said? was his first victim.
1: Oh, okay. So even then, like he relied on the fact that he could go wherever he wanted at any point because I feel like he was good at his job when he wasn't killing people. He you know was. I, he was very
0: right. driven, noticed by his coworkers, um, he was good. And
1: he was also available whenever anyone called him to pick up a shift. Yeah, I'll be right there. He was like always like about to jump in his car and be ready to go, you know, the half hour drive or whatever it was to pick up a shift.
0: Well, it was cold. At any point, so. It was cold. So he wanted to go to the hospital. (laughs) So he had also given an overdose of insulin to a patient at his first hospital, St. Barnabas. He cited that it was a dosing-based dose based on a sliding scale but the patient had AIDS so their body doesn't have the same reaction to some things as a healthier person with a normal immune system would so this is precisely why insulin is witnessed is a witnessed drug now one draws up and documents the dose and then another nurse must witness the dose is correct and both will document in the computer before it is given to the patient it doesn't just keep the patient safe it's a firewall for the shit show that this field of healthcare is and it protects all medical professionals from simple or not so simple mistakes blood is also a witnessed thing in january of 1992 colin resigned from saint barnabas medical center after they launched an investigation into the contaminated iv bags found at the hospital and all signs pointed to him as the suspect but due to lack of evidence no action was taken against him And the very next month he began working in the cardiac care unit at warren hospital in phillipsburg new jersey
1: yeah didn't that first hospital have like a ex-cop as security and um, all hospitals
0: do that probably but
1: yeah but like this one specific i forgot his name like he knew like he because the people that died or were dying they narrowed it down to, okay, who was on the shift? And there was three people who were on every shift that the person died. There was like four or five of them, right? Mm-hmm. Something like that. And that they knew about that was suspicious because also they found little microscopic pinpricks in the uh, IV, um, what did you call it? I don't remember. I don't, I don't the know. The saline bag? Yeah, but the thing on the side that you actually inject stuff into.
2: Yeah, There's an injection port. Yeah, like yeah it has like injection a rubber. Port.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. To the naked eye. to the naked eye you can't see it but if you take a microscope to you can see the tiny pinpricks and they couldn't see it just by looking at it so when they actually examined it because there were several bags that they found to have uh dangerous levels of insulin uh they took them out of circulation obviously but then one of the guys was like there's three people that this could be and charles cullen was one of them and the other two people when they got to the office to be interrogated were like it's not me i need my job please no. i'm 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 trustworthy than ed uh charles see i did it edward cullen (laughs) you thought you were (laughs) gonna do it it. but it was me yeah (laughs) awesome charles cullen uh he went to go be interviewed by this ex-cop who's on security at the hospital and he's like what's (laughs) up the cop's like are you aware that this is happening he's like yeah what about it and he's like well do you know who it could be he's like it's not me And you can't prove it is me And he, like, literally told him, like, fuck off. He's like, I don't have to be here to answer your questions. And he's right. They have no right to hold him. So he just stood up and walked away. So the dude's like, yeah, that's the guilty dude. But they can't prove it. So he just walked away because, again, he knows he could just go find another job. Yep. And And they're not going to say anything because that's medical malpractice. Like, that's the hospital's liable for all of that.
0: That they are. But at that time certain things are not in place yet but he sets the motion for that to happen so as the emotional torment at home continued and he was relentless in his narcissistic behavior on january 11, 1993 his wife filed a domestic violence complaint and requested a restraining order that was denied by the judge on january 15th 1993 she filed for divorce and then on january 22nd he was served with divorce papers on January 25th, his wife files another domestic violence complaint and requests temporary restraining order because she feels that Charles's a- access to medications could put her and her daughters at risk.
2: Dang. So she already knew what the hell was going on.
0: Yes.
1: She was, she was very suspicious for it because he was also, he told her when um, they were interrogating and investigating him, he was also put on administrative leave. And so he had to explain that away to his wife who she already didn't trust because when they first met, he was like bouncing around job to job. So he's like, she's like, fuck, you lost your job again? He's like, no, 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 this is a witch hunt. Like they're blaming me because of some shit that they did and it's not my fault, I swear. So she's like, all right, whatever. And so then she's like, what's what's the shit about? And he's like, oh, well, people are dying because of somebody's sneaking medicine that's not supposed to be in there. And she's like, oh shit.
0: He had also expressed his desire to steal medications from work and commit suicide to her at one point in time in their marriage prior oh, yeah,
1: to this. She, she was fully aware that he's not okay and uh, she was like really questioning even before she developed divorce she was really questioning their relationship because she's like dude I think my husband killed people but he's like no no it's not me I promise so then he got hired Like, immediately, like a couple days later, by another job. He's like, see, if it was me, would this other company hire me? And so she's like, no, I guess you're right. So she kind of calmed down, but then he ramped up his bullshit again.
0: This was also early 90s, and there were not, like, proper, I guess, identifiers for this type of thing. So whenever the new hospital called, they said, can you confirm his employment there? All they did was say, yeah, he was employed here. He no longer is they gave no which is a normal practice to not go into detail about unless it's like this shit but this is also reported to state nursing boards and shit like that now but he did specifically purposely go like immediately and apply for a job and then it takes a little bit of time to start so he was almost immediately hired probably the day he was interviewed and then i think it was almost exactly 4 weeks when he started his next job
2: yeah yeah employers you can't discuss uh employment details unless uh, Criminal that, charges. That person, yeah, I mean, yeah no if it's like a background investigation with law enforcement or fire, things like that, they'll yeah. give their consent for their employer to release information on their employment. Literally, all we could say is, Do they work there? Yeah. Are they eligible for rehire? Yes or no. That's it.
0: Which a lot of times can make or break the situation just by that second question, but right now it would not. Mm-hmm. Anybody would get hired. But on January 31st, Charles Cullen attempted suicide and was sent to the behavioral health unit at Muhlenberg Regional Medical Center in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Again, clearly someone drops the ball because he was discharged and sent home on February 5th. What the fuck? Is that- And also released to go back to work. Less than a week?
1: Yeah. Less than a week later?
0: Are you serious? I'm not saying there isn't a need for like a level of self-accountability here, he clearly is mentally ill and has many red flags flying, but he was cleared to return to work by this facility itself, not his self.
1: And that doesn't sound right, but it, I think, not. again, it, it, it has to do with the shortage of workers. I, I don't think. think there was a
0: shortage then. Uh, I think there's always been. I
2: think it just has to do with the system because the 5150 holds only like 72 hours, so um, they're, they're only held for 72 hours, and then a doctor who sees the patient has to either say, no, this guy's truly jacked up and extend the hold or admit Transfer the patient. to an patient. Yeah. Yeah, or they're, they have to release them after 72 hours.
1: Okay.
2: So they can all he had to do was be like, yeah, I was just in a tough spot. You know, I, I made a mistake. I, I wasn't thinking straight and, you know, I made a dumb decision. I'm not like that anymore. And they're like, all right, good enough for me.
0: Yeah, but also <laughs> if he were to go and say something, I don't think killing would be considered... Rendering or self reporting but that's what that's for now like uh, someone who's going through struggles or whatever can self-report and ask for help by their employer and their job is not going to be lost due to that they they're protected under state and federal laws for said reasoning like they they want to, people to come forward and this not to happen and they allow them to be rehabilitated, come back to work and work on a non-drug related unit or non-narcotic giving unit or wherever. I don't know, different states are doing different things, but so a just some kind of measure. Work. There's a okay. accountability a level of accountability self through self, but also the employer has to be acutely aware of what's going on. And they're flat out just ignoring it at this point. Hmm. So while working at Warren Hospital on March 9th, he murdered Lucy McGavero, Maga- M- Mugavero. Mugavero. Um, by a Jackson overdose. A few weeks after killing Lucy, Colin was arrested for stalking his coworker, Michelle Tomlinson, who was a nurse that he worked with at Warren Hospital. But he was arrested specifically for breaking into her home while she and her son slept. The harassment began after Colin took Miss Tomlinson out for work. And he proposed to her at work and then bombarded her with phone calls, just inundated her house, was never, wasn't going to leave her alone. And then because she wasn't receptive and he was arrested, he attempted suicide a few days later and pled guilty to, to trespassing. And then on Mar- April 16th, 1993, his wife applied for and was granted a restraining order. And now Colin had no visitation rights with his kids and attempts suicide yet again. And he was sent to the Carrier Clinic in Bellmead, New Jersey.
1: Okay, So you're saying in the matter of a few days, it seems, he asked a girl out at work, or a co-worker. She, I guess, agrees.
0: They were friend- going on like a friendly dinner. It wasn't even a date to her. It was to him, though.
1: But it, but it was to him. So he's, mm-hmm. oh, shit. So he, and then he just breaks into this woman's home? yes um oh oh, i remember this is in the book this is when he says according to the book that he walked in broke the window with like a a brick and left it there and then goes and walks into the bedroom where they're sleeping and just sits there and watches them yep and just like he thinks man i could i'm in full control right now i can do whatever i want to this woman but doesn't and then she's like do you know who broke into my house like oh yeah that was me i did that she's like wait what the fuck did you say he's like that was you you threw a brick in my window? He's like, yeah, that that was me. And so he's like, do you, you want me to go to the police and turn myself in? Because I'll do that. And then he did. I mean, that's one version. And you found a different version.
0: Yeah. Right? Because I didn't hear about the... I mean, I did from the book. But the brick thing didn't make sense to me because I think I'd hear a brick fly through my house. But maybe that's just me. Maybe. So, on July 23rd, 1993, he murdered Mary Natoli. And on September 1st, 1993, he murdered Helen Dean.
2: Oh, so he was let out again. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Like cool, this right? one. Cool. This one
0: was uh, less than 24 hours. He was not on a hold after this, I think, third that we've spoken about besides his nine-year-old one. Specifically is, in his military ones.
1: This is a recurring thing for him, and they're like, ah, oh, he'll be all right.
0: It seems to be a recurring thing. It's like when he gets rejected, or he doesn't get his way, or something is brought up, he does this. And like you stated earlier, the Munchausen thing.
1: Yeah, he just wants the attention from me. seems he, he, that way, he but learned, you he learned that when people feel bad for you, they'll do whatever you want, type of thing. I, I don't know.
0: But typically, Munchausen's is also a mental illness, and it's an attention-seeking health-related mental illness. And he very well could have had it, but he doesn't know because he's not being treated properly. He's not having self-accountability, but he's also not on meds that he needs to be. Also in September 1993, a cancer patient at that hospital complained that Cullen injected her with some quote-unquote medicines, although he was not her assigned nurse, and these charges were also investigated but dismissed as Cullen passed a lie detector test that was conducted by the hospital in 1993, in October, so I think it was three and a half uh, at
1: weeks. This- at this point, he's using digoxin for everything now. Like that's yes. his main choice. He he used insulin first, and then he digoxin used or was Lidocaine. There?
0: Lidocaine. He that's used the other insulin, one. and so I, he did not I, have the I dosing down for insulin because that didn't kill anyone that he had. I thought he killed
1: like four people or five people at the, the first hospital because that's what the main they found dangerous levels in the IV bags. They but, found bottles. So, he
0: was spiking them privately, like not at the bedside. He was getting the bags ready to be given later yeah, because he yeah, had to do it, it in was, private. And if you inject those little um, rubber ports, you can see, but also when medication is injected into those, a silver or red, typically like aluminum foil sticker is placed over them. So people know that it has been accessed and also it's now an open I, line I of feel germs. I like
1: because of him. Very well could think, be. I don't think in the 90s it was there. I really don't because they, every page that I saw described it as... You couldn't see it with the naked eye no you can't it was just like, a...
0: like it i'm just saying like that's yeah. why but also it's covered now i don't know when that started but it's covered to specifically state that, that is a spiked bag it is there's something else in that besides what the bag originated with
1: Okay, so clearly i know what insulin is and i know what lidocaine is what is digoxin
0: digoxin is a type of cardiac medication that works by affecting the body's minerals of sodium potassium and magnesium and it affects those levels inside the heart cells it's oh. used to reduce strain on the heart and it helps to maintain a normal steady and strong heartbeat. If giving too much of it though, can ca- it can cause digitalis toxicity and it can be fatal due to the body's mineral levels now being completely thrown off. Like your potassium's up, your calcium's down, magnesium's up, sodium's down. It's it is on top of this. Most people who take this are on some sort of diuretic. So the kidneys cannot filter this at all. They're depleted of all of that. And if they're in the hospital and they're slightly even sick or thrown, they are most likely going to die from this, especially in an overdose type of situation. Okay.
1: So like in the first couple of murders, he used insulin, right? And he... Those were um, those were was,
0: patients who were already ordering, having ordered uh, insulin. Right. Yes.
1: Right. right. That's just like, so they knew that they had insulin in the system, so they kind of knew what to do. Like I think they found out that something was going on because a woman had surgery and the the surgeon was like, "We have to go through with this." So she was declining quickly. So they said, "You know what? We got a surgery coming up. Take her off all her meds." And she recovered really quickly. So they figured out it was whatever's in the IV. Mm-hmm. You know, in this case, insulin. And so that's what they got suspicious of things. But like, how? What's like when it's digoxin? What can you do if anything to like restabilize them? Well, actually, did they know that it was even digoxin because it wasn't in their charts, right?
0: Well, he had gotten them at the beginning of the hospital, like, or the first time, the investigations of the bags, there were multiple medications found in the bags. They were contaminated with not just insulin. There were multiple bags of multiple different types. So he he was, like, using the bags as, like, oh, I'm going to give this to patient A, give this one to patient B, give this one to patient C, and see who dies first kind of thing. But he was also hoarding these bags because he privately was, you know, injecting them with medications And you can't just get a shit ton of these medications out at one time, especially without orders. So there is some sort of like little system back then. It's not nearly the type we have now, but there was supposed to be like a, you know, like a a firewall per se to prevent this stuff. So it didn't take like one shift for him to do all of this. He was building up over time and storing the bags like in a weird place or something and on December 1st 1993 he quit his job at Warren Hospital and then on December 12th 1993 his divorce from Adrian was finalized and she was awarded custody but he was granted unsupervised visitation of his children and that's probably a the last we'll speak to directly of his children because he didn't really we're not that we don't want to bring them up and they don't really need to be involved the mother strongly
2: give him unsupervised visitation i didn't understand that either and i
0: had to make sure that that wasn't supposed to say supervised because earlier on the first or second um court order he was granted no supervision at all so i think this is just probably the decree from like they're just finalized agreement like they just wanted to be done with the type thing but i don't think that he necessarily had them very often
1: i would hope not (laughs)
0: So in April of 1994, he began working in the ICU at Hunter Hunter Dawn Medical Center in Flemington, Pennsylvania. In June of 1994, he finally received his Pennsylvania nursing license, and shockingly, he hadn't shit the bed at this place yet. So in October of 94, he received an award for diligence and hard work from his colleagues. I'm shocked, but they didn't know him very well, obviously. The difference here, perhaps, is that between the two facilities, he began receiving treatment though for his depression and had good things going on for him, other than murdering people.
1: (laughs) Good things other than murder?
0: (laughs) I said for him specifically. I don't condone or support, whatever. He even started dating a nurse at Hunter Dawn, but mental illness is a very complex issue and disease and while he was doing well at the start, life happens. And he began to decline, and while at Hunter Dawn Medical Center, he murdered five people between January and July of 96. The patients, Leroy Sin, Earl Young, Catherine Dext, Frank Mazaka, and Jesse Eichlin, were all given overdoses of digoxin in their IV saline bags. And in October of 96, his girlfriend broke up with him, and he immediately quit his job that month.
2: And then try to commit
1: suicide. Yeah, I was going to say, but do you think the relapse is, because he was doing good for a little bit, right? So mm-hmm. do you think he started drinking again?
0: I don't, I think that he just might have quit taking his medication or he's not taking it the way it's supposed to be or it's or just a, not the com- right one. He's combination. not combination. Yeah, or he's not going to the doctor. He's not following up. There wasn't a ton of like doctor's visit information to find. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, this is, paper charting and shit this probably he didn't even have charts anymore but yeah I don't think it was it was a lot of self-accountability he was not being self-accountable and he was not doing what he needed to do to ensure that he was happy healthy and non-murdering but after that in November of 96 he started working at Morristown Memorial Hospital in Morristown New Jersey but was fired in August of '97, for poor job for performance, he had not killed anyone by then, and he—that's why
1: that's why I got fired because he was doing a poor job. He at was murdering. not killing people,
0: and they were pissed. So I that's guess why,
1: that's why he got fired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, man, you—we know who you are. You could do yeah. better. Yeah, you're not doing it right.
0: They saved some people's lives by firing him for sure, but I truly don't understand mm-hmm. at this point how he had chosen his victims. And in his mind, he does think that he is helping them in some sick way. Because in his burn days, or burn unit days, he just saw so many horrible things and people were in excruciating pain that he just, that stuck with him. And even though some of these people were getting better and not dying at all, he felt that they're sick and in the hospital. I need to help them by killing them.
1: Yeah, because his first uh, burn unit, they called it the scream
0: ward, right? Mm Mm-hmm. It's terrible. So... He had a little lapse in employment, likely due to his departure from his last place and mental illness ups and downs. So in February of 98, he was hired by Liberty Nursing Home and Rehabilitation Center in Allentown, Pennsylvania. And then, you know, life happens on March 3rd or May 13th. He declared bankruptcy. And this was likely due to his mental health spiraling and his lack of job for a few months. He blew through his savings. And then on October 1st of 98, he was fired from Liberty after, quote unquote, accidentally breaking a patient's arm. Holy shit. But they didn't die. And then... Well, I mean,
1: it's just a broken arm.
0: But I'm saying they could have died if he'd kept going. And in November of 98, he started working part-time in the ICU at Easton Hospital in Easton, Pennsylvania. And then in December of 98, he started working as a night nurse in the burn unit of Lehigh Valley Hospital in Salisbury Township, New Jersey.
1: So he's just, he's I mean, just these people are just fucking hiring him. Yes,
0: he is literally just riding the freaking healthcare train at this point. He's literally tr- just I don't know, walking out of one and walking into the next. Yeah. yeah and they don't have a phone so, apparently to talk to anybody, or maybe he's not well, reporting you, his last job. I don't know.
1: Well, you hire What's people. Up? You think you have a you you hire people right? Yeah. You think you have a colon working for you?
2: No. We 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 tend to weasel those people out pretty quickly.
1: Do, do, you so, run into this ask, like, you have people who are a little too happy when something happens like this, or like there's red flags.
2: Um, yeah, they just uh, you can tell based on their attitude. They just have like a don't care type of attitude. Wait, what do you okay. mean like
0: don't care if the patient lives or dies? Like they're slow coding type type thing, or they're giving too many meds, or like what?
2: No, we haven't had any issues with paramedics. It's mostly with the ENTs. Oh. You just get a you just get a sense for it. I'm doing it 12 years, so you know, we'll talk with someone and be like, okay, they really don't care about the job that much. So we're just gonna get so it. it is of
1: them. it's a paycheck to them.
2: Yeah. Because like even though it is But some some job, aren't even a paycheck. Like they're just young kids that are like, Oh, I'm gonna try this out. It's so this. weird. Same for yeah. you.
0: I guess that that I don't know. I mean, I have a business degree and I'm not using it, so I found out quickly after going to college for four years that i hate that so maybe they decided to go to emt school and hated it Who knows? yeah
2: you can you can do it in five weeks now so
0: wait
1: what yeah, i feel like
2: yeah they have uh accelerated courses
1: yeah i did that is it 24 hours a day <laughs> i feel like that's mm. not enough time no i think it was like a six hour class for like a few weeks yeah it's oh, only Jesus. i forgot me the, and josh herring did
2: it yeah i forgot the hours needed it's only like 180 hours or something like that.
1: It is. It is 180. That's that's what me and Josh did. So yeah. the problem with that is that you can go to that class, sure, but you still you have to know pass shit. <laughs> You still have to pass the national registry, and it took me four fucking tries to do, to pass that. So took me four tries to pass the na- national registry uh, for EMT, and I, I didn't even do anything with it. I never did anything with it, not once.
0: You planned to, but life happened.
1: Well, I, I'm glad it didn't, because I have a way better paying job now.
0: Yeah, and here I doubt you would have made anywhere close to what you would have made in california as an EMT because here they're just ambulance drivers is what people call them i don't say that i'm just saying that's and they don't make very much money i don't think which sucks because they still do a lot of work and help the paramedics and
1: yeah but see the thing is even in school i was like yeah this is interesting stuff but i know it's not for me i was just doing it because i was in it already you know it costs (laughs) money to do the class so i was like i might as well finish it and i was like well might as well get nationally registered in case like you know Come up on it but i i knew i knew at that point i was like this is not this is not what i'm doing so i don't know
0: it's so weird to me but like i said i have a degree that i've never literally never used so my poor parents paid for it thank you parents sorry i'm looking. Well,
1: they're, they're not they're not poor
0: no my like bless their hearts okay. they okay. wasted yeah. their money <laughs> 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 on january 3rd of 2000 He attempted suicide again via carbon monoxide and was sent to the Warren County Crisis Center and again discharged and cleared and able to return to work. Jesus. And on February twenty first of two thousand, he attempted to kill Stella Daniels Danielsick.
1: Danielsic?
0: Sure. Whatever you said earlier. With an overdose of digoxin, but that was not successful. And I'm sure that went over like a turd bowl in the punch at prom. Because in April of 2000, he left Lehigh Valley Hospital on his quote-unquote own terms before they could catch on to his unsuccessful overdose of his patient.
1: Oh, yeah. So he would do as well, like all these times that he uh, he uh even sensed that they were on to him about it, he would just leave. Yeah. He wouldn't even say, he'd just fucking Well, leave. he
0: would attempt suicide and, first, and then and he'd leave.
1: we'd... We- I forgot to talk about it then but even when he like broke into his uh the girl he likes house and like everyone at the hospital knew about it that he was doing this uh they had called him and he's like oh i guess it's time for me to be fired because they're calling me and they called him and they're like oh we need you to come cover this shift <laughs> and he's like yeah i'll be right there like they didn't even i they knew about it it was very public the the woman who he had broken his chest was very public with it and said this guy is crazy and he's doing this but he looked at the phone he's like oh I guess it's time to get fired and he answered he's like hello he's like oh yeah we need you to come in so you know they just don't I don't know I fucking don't know
0: yeah I don't really get that either but I mean even with the charge of trespassing I'm very shocked that he's able to hospital hop like this because that's still something that could prolong your start of employment due to them needing to find out like the details of that because it is police related and that's a filed case he was charged and did his little stint or whatever with I don't know, probably proba- probation or whatever. But with that, knowing that little detail, these places are not c- completely like on the other side of the earth. How do they not give a shit that he did that? And they're just going to be like, yeah, come on, buddy. Get up in there, spike some bags, get going.
1: I don't know. No clue.
0: So after a little mental break, and I don't mean like breakdown, I mean, he needed some time, I guess.
1: he needed his own mental health day
0: yes he in June 2000 started working at St. Luke's Hospital in Bethlehem Pennsylvania and adding to his already severely stunted and unstable mental health his brother Charles passed away in March of 2001 of brain cancer Hmm. and between June 2001 and June 2002 he killed William Park Samuel Spangler Daniel George and Edward O'Toole all with an overdose of digoxin at St. Luke's Hospital. The hospital began to grow sus- suspicious of him due to his whole, you know, being there with all, th- all of these people, and they all died under his watch. So he resigned on June 7, 2002, before they could fire him.
1: Mm.
0: And then on July eighth, so a month later in a day, he started working at Sacred Heart Hospital in Allentown, Pennsylvania. But due to rumors that were going around about him, he quit on July 21st 24th twenty two thousand. sorry 2002 so he made his decisions there didn't really do anything and he just said yeah i'm going to bounce because you guys already know what i'm doing so fuck it
1: they were already onto him like he, so his reputation was, is already there was gossip
0: him. and stuff going around like probably i'm thinking this specifically stating this part means more so this trespassing and stalking issue people were talking about i don't really think people would be freely talking about him killing patients if yeah that's police probably
1: the the date gone
0: wrong yeah on September 3rd 2002 st. Luke's reported reports probable unprofessional conduct to the Pennsylvania State Nursing Board but nothing keeps due to keeps this dude down for long so on September 8th 2002 he started working at Somerset Medical Center in Somerset New Jersey on september 26 2003 the pennsylvania state board nursing state board of nursing started an investigation of collins activities while employed at st luke's and on january 6 so from september 26th to january the next year i put 2003, the investigation was completed and the findings were shared with the police but once again someone dropped the damn ball and he got busy at somerset so much so that I will list them by date, name, and manner of death because it switches up a bit, and he has a few snafus. So, on February 12th, he killed Eleanor Stok- Stokner? Stoker with an overdose of j- digoxin. On February 23rd, he killed Joyce Mangini with an overdose of digoxin. On February 23rd, he also killed Giacomi- Comio- what?
1: Giacomino Toto. Yeah,
0: that one with also an overdose of digoxin. But then, on March 11th, he switches it up and kills John Shangner, Shanger, whatever. Shanner? Yeah. I'm not really good with those names. I don't know why. He gave an overdose of norepinephrine. And again, on April 6th, he did the same with Dorothea Hoagland, an overdose of norepinephrine.
1: I feel like I've heard norepinephrine from you a few times. Ago. You
0: have. So norepinephrine yeah. or norepi. Is mainly given for blood tr- blood pressure treatment. Again, other use, another main use I see in the ER, just because that's what I'm used to seeing. But yeah, it like,
1: keeps the pressure up. Yes. Is this the one you can't take? Like you have to, like, hey, did you have a blue today? Is this the one, where you have to be like, hey, I can't give you this uh, pill.
2: No. No, that's Nitro.
1: Nitro. Okay, nitro yes.
0: lowers your blood pressure also, but it's most likely I mean, that's like a no- it's, a, it's a
2: vasodilator so yeah be the same. if you take uh blue chew or uh, viagra it's a vasodilator yeah. so it makes your D- cock nice and I had hard. no
0: idea what you were talking about blue chew for i didn't know that was viagra that's what you guys call it
2: no it's a new brand oh mm-hmm. it's a yeah. chewable yeah well, it's the same main ingredient as viagra but yeah uh, you can just, you don't have a, to go to the doctor you can do it online and speak with someone and then we'll ship
1: it to you so it's not as it sounds um, safe
0: yeah, having heart attacks with full hey, heart on.
1: Having a well, having a boner is worth the risk. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, when
0: the medics arrive to your death, and you'll yeah, just be f- that will flying be flying will be
2: flying the flag.
0: <laughs> but um, like um, I was saying, the norepi works along your adrenaline and it supports the fight or flight response by increasing your heart rate and breaking down fat and increasing glucose levels. It's used for a multitude of things, but like I said. I use it in the ER. We use it for blood pressure treatment to keep the blood pressure up from people. Is to that stop something crashing. that medics are
1: allowed to give?
2: Uh, not here in California. Not, it's not no. like our a, nurses. Our nurses will give it. Yeah, I don't know of a, critical transports, but I yeah, don't. Yeah, it's, it's not like something you get ALS. quickly. They have you epi, but they don't have norepi. epi.
0: Yeah, and epi is completely different. That's like in a cardiac arrest event. You're trying to get circulation going and give the you know a little boot boost but this is something that like you would typically hang in an iv and give over a certain amount of time weight based to, to keep the blood pressure from bottoming out or staying too low that the patient is not able to fully circulate and they you know a lot of other shit will deteriorate and quickly i've seen it run out and within less than a minute the patient's blood pressure is 60 over 30
1: Listen, I I don't know what the fuck you just said to me, a little bit, <laughs> but you, you, uh, you I mean, uh, special- just think
0: like one thirty over eighty. You're arrest. supposed to go like you sh- should stay like one thirty over eighty. Typically, like everyone's gonna vary. You're gonna have high, you're gonna have low, but sixty over thirty is damn near dead.
2: Basically, the pressure is not enough to keep your your arteries open and your veins open, so they collapse and then you die.
0: Shit ain't moving. <laughs> so, I don't know. So. Um, again, as I stated, he switches things up on May 5th, 2003. Okay. It, are we in
2: 2004 now? I don't know. I think so. April, May. No, we're in May. No, no. we're in 2003. Yeah. 2003.
0: Um, he killed Melvin Simcoe with an overdose of sodium nitroprusside, And okay. I'll explain that one too. All right, good. Sodium nitroprusside. So,
1: you're throwing a lot of big words at me, man, and you, you don't want to try to explain know. them and take it as a offense, okay? You had homework. Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth and help me with the sale, okay?
0: It's a direct-acting vasodilator used to treat hypertension, so high blood pressure, and to induce controlled hypotension, meaning if the patient has hyper, hypertension, high blood pressure, this is given in a bag over a time frame to keep the blood pressure low but controlled, not drop it too far. So, it happens to be used a lot of times in um, surgeries for um, post-operative bleeding. It's a very good controlled drug for that. And it manages acute heart failure also. And giving too much or when not needed will bottom out the blood pressure. So, that leads to death, as stated before. So, it's similar to the other, but different.
1: Okay. Same, same, but still different. But still same, but different. A little bit different. Different. Same, same. But there's something different. Same, different different
2: yeah, yeah. nor keeps the pressure up natural keeps it down but you know he just I'm hears
0: saying? heart meds so he's like yeah, same, he same. Huh? <laughs> same same
2: same yeah. it's so a visu dilator.
1: you know dilate you have means? to say, man you should have said that first
0: yeah ouch sorry so um again back to the long list of names On May 15th, he killed Michael Strinko, who was only 21 years old and was there. He's a star athlete and was there for a splenic procedure. I don't remember exactly. I think he was injured in a sporting, like a high school or a college sporting event. And he was killed with an overdose of norepi. And then now for his other snafu, on June 13th, he attempted to kill Jin Kung Han with an overdose of digoxin, but was unsuccessful. Kim Jong-un? <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Should, we
2: should have let him. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Damn. Missed that one. The, one the that bed. away. Yep. On June 28th, he killed Florian Gall with an overdose of digoxin. And then on July 13th, he killed Pasquale Pasqu- 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 Napoli- Napolitano. Yeah, help me out with the names, dang it. Napolitano. With another switch up of... An overdose of dobutamine and let I, me tell you what that is <laughs> okay,
1: yeah i hope so i hope so
0: dobutamine stimulates the heart muscle and improves blood blood flow by helping the heart pump better it's used short term to treat cardiac decompensation due to weakened heart muscle and it's usually given after other heart medicines have been tried without success
1: so it helps blood flow more good yeah
2: helps heart, heart pump more good
0: heart good or more heart good okay see this is the same thing like
1: this might as well be like the retro it's, turbo it's, encabulator cap we'll it's steroids like, for, it's steroids for your heart muscle yeah for makes sure. makes your but heart like, stronger remember when we talked about the turbo encabulator
2: oh yeah and the yeah. The
1: yeah. shaft like i i know that the turbo encabulator like i know that the original machine has like a base plate of prefabulated emulate but i don't know shit about these what medicines. the
0: hell are you talking about yeah. The, the turbo calculator man. The turbo it's surmounted
1: there. by a malleable logarithmic casing. Everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. It has two spurving bearings. You know. What is this used for? It's... Dude, come on, like You don't know yeah. what it's used for. Yeah. It's... Oh, yeah. yeah that. The, okay. Got it. Yeah, same, same. You've heard the, yeah. Come on. You've
2: heard of the DeLorean. Same, but different. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, I mean, it's it's got six. Wait, this is a car? <laughs> veins. No, man. It's got six Marzel vasic.
0: Horrible, is this is uh, some Back to the Future trouble. bullshit.
1: No uh, man, it's a
0: turbo encapsulator.
2: Turbo encapsulator.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: Uh, fridges, yeah, popular with. This uh, is what is uh, this is
1: what your medicine this is what your medicine talk sounds like to me, by the way.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah, I'm when sorry. when people ask if is your refrigerator running, we're talking about the turbo yeah. encapsulator.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Same same. Mm-hmm. On August eleventh, <laughs> he killed Chris Hardgrove with an overdose of norepi. August twenty seventh, another snafu. He attempted to kill Francis
1: Aguada. There you go.
0: With an unknown drug, but still was unsuccessful. Not really much about that one. I assumed it was probably norepi, dobutamine, uh, sodium. So he, he. This
1: is with um, what drug did he try, did he try to use on Francis? Do
0: we know? No, that's why I said unknown drug. I was um, saying I assumed it was probably one so, of the others did uh, you, something like
1: maybe that. tried a new drug because I think by this point he knows how much to give. I guess everybody's different, but if, if he's a nurse he would know that to judge it by weight he would need to give more or at least this this amount because it has worked in the past. So I, how is he not Cause I mean, he's I'm glad also, he's failing. I'm glad he's failing, but how is he not like good at this, you know what I mean?
0: He probably hooked her up to go home the next day. Honestly, maybe gave her the right dose. Who knows? Maybe and then on September 20th, he killed... You can take that one.
1: Uh, Krish, Krishnakant okay. Upadahai.
0: With an overdose of Dij or Dijoxin. And on September 23rd, he killed James Strickland with an overdose of ditch And then finally, on October 3rd, Somerset Medical Center reported suspicious death to Somerset County Prosecutor's Office, but not before he got one more in. On October 21st, he killed his final proven victim... Edwards, Edward Zizek with a final overdose of digoxin.
1: Hmm.
0: And then we're going to jump ahead to October 25th, just a couple of days later after his last proven death. i say that very loose.
1: A couple of days. Couple of days yeah. 21st, 21st to 25th.
0: 25th. Florian Gall. Oh, tw- oh, I
2: was looking at I third. meant from
0: like when his last, no, like the last yeah. kill. Yeah, so Flor- uh, yeah, I'm an idiot. Uh, don't worry about it. It's all right. It's same time. same. <gasps> I just woke so, up from a nap.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, Popeyes. So on October 25th, Florian Gaul's body was exhumed, and an autopsy revealed that he had died from a, a deliberate overdose. Now, popping okay. Okay. back you... up here, he he was murdered or killed on, on oh. June 28th. So he hadn't been in the ground very long.
1: Yeah, but okay. So it has been revealed that he died from deliberate overdose. How do you? Reveal...
0: Well, he was in the. I think that they're probably looking at it at this point, like charting has come a long way and medication lockups, things like that. It was more becoming more difficult. We've grown a lot from 87.
1: Okay. So like he was probably killed. Was he killed with digoxin? Is this one that we do know?
0: Yes. This one was killed. Wait, hold on. Yes. He was killed with ditch.
1: Okay. So isn't that something that you have to test for specifically?
0: Yes. But he had other, remember they're, they're coming forward with suspicious deaths. So they're looking at these patients and Mm -hmm. After, like, depending on their specific case, whether they're a coroner's case or not, the typical, or, like, steps, I guess. If they're a coroner's case, they're going to have a tox screen. They're going to have a blood panel for all of the above things. Any types of medications that they could have been getting, may have been getting, the next room was possibly getting. They're going to test for all of that. Oh, okay. So, there were red flags fucking flying everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. So... Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> um on October 31st, they they were this the deliberate overdose leading to his October 31st um when he was fired from Somerset and New Jersey police requested his employment records. So finally the police were getting involved here with the employment, op- you know, side of it, not his psychotic. Cuz they want
1: to see what sh- what shifts he worked. Yes, and when people died, they wanted to cross-examine, like the deaths to when he was working.
0: Yes, and it was also going to then open up for other agencies to possibly have, you know, the availability to those records also. But I, I feel like well, that's hard because,
1: like I said, he picked up shifts. Like he he worked shifts he wasn't scheduled for. That's you know, fine. You know, was, I mean,
0: I work all the time.
1: I know. What I'm saying for for the cops, it must be hard. Feel like, really narrow No, because you
0: have to have documentation on said charts to see who was the yep. caregivers and who gives meds and who pulled meds and who ordered meds and all that stuff is documented, so even if he was not there, like, his boss can pull a schedule up quick, fast, and in a hurry and say, yeah, homeboy was here on this, 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 and this date, and then they can look and see on those dates if said patients so were there. Yeah.
1: So I guess it's not as complicated as it no, seems. No, it's not at all. Okay.
0: So, on December 12th, when he was leaving a restaurant, Charles Cullen was arrested and taken to Somerset County Jail a month and a half before they picked up the ball. Jesus, take the wheel. Because on December 14th, Cullen told the police during an interrogation that he had administered 30 to 40 lethal drug injections during his 16 year career as a nurse. Adding to the conflicting and now probably unpro- possibly, probably unprovable information and mentions, of the several hundred others being a notch on his yeah, belt.
1: Like
0: close to like 400. 400 is what the book said, but I don't uh, know. I'm not going to go there.
1: Yeah, but the, the provable ones is what, in the 30 to 40? Or do we know the numbers? It's 29.
0: 29. The specific ones 29. I stated, all of those that I've listed previously mm-hmm. to now, were 29 victims that he had actually been charged for, convicted for, and sentenced for. Like those were the only but 29. His
1: but, but he the, states
0: 30 to 40. So he's not even really sure of the number either. So leading to the speculation that it could have been way more. Could have been yeah, 29 only.
1: 400, 400 is a lot more than 40. Yeah, so. <laughs> I'm
0: not really sure. Maybe they just added a zero for pizzazz. Maybe. But on December 15th, he was charged with murder. The murder of Florian Gall, the one that was exhumed. And the attempted murder of Jin Kung Hong. Yep, that one. And on December... Gene
1: Kung <laughs> Han. What? Gene Kung Han is his name.
0: Oh. Um, in December, he was transferred to Trenton State Psychiatric Hospital for evaluation and treatment. And on December 17th, he finally surrendered his New Jersey nursing license. It's a process. I know it sounds weird that he... Yeah. I- yeah, I know. And on December 18th... Colin's public defender announces that his client will not help with the investigation unless authorities agree to not seek the death penalty. So why the fuck not give everybody else so much more trouble when you've already given enough?
1: It doesn't care.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's clearly sweet. On January 20, or January 6, 2004, Colin returned to Somerset County Jail from the crazy place. What is it was called? Oh, um, Trenton State Psychiatric Hospital. I apologize. And he stated that he had little to no explanation for his choice in victims, and he quoted this or stated this,
2: "You know i can you know I mean <sighs> <shit>. my <laughs> goal here isn't to justify you know what i, I <laughs> you know what I did there uh there's no justification um." I just think that the only thing I could say is that I felt uh, a little overwhelmed at the time.
0: Oh, poor baby. So pick up 17 more shifts, honey. You know... <laughs> he did file uh, bankruptcy, remember, so he was uh, trying to catch that bag.
2: I mean... <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> On April 29, 2004, Charles Cullen pled guilty to murder of 13 patients and the attempted murder of two patients at Somerset Medical Center in New Jersey. On May 19th, Cullen pled guilty to murdering three people at Warren Hospital in New Jersey. On October 7th, he pled guilty to murdering Otamar Schramm at Easton Hospital in Pennsylvania. So the, we're going tri-state here. Cross the lines. Federal. Yeah, because they all have getting their own. serious. Two states, though, so that's good. That's, that helps his ending, yes. Yeah. And on October 14th, he was charged with six more murder charges at Lehigh County in New Jersey. On November 17th, he pled guilty to the murder of five patients at St. Luke's in Pennsylvania, and as well as one murder and three attempted murders at Lehigh Valley Hospital in New Jersey. It's a whole bunch of court appearances yeah. on different yeah, is. occasions for multiple people. But on December 16, 2004, he pled guilty to the 1988 murder of his first victim, or supposed first victim, John Yingo. And in March 2005, the federal government launched an investigation of the hospitals where Kellen worked to see if the federal laws were broken by a failure to act more promptly against him. Are you kidding me? They were hell and Kellering their shit the whole time. Of course, the damn facility should be slapped with failure to act more promptly, dropping the balls the
2: whole dang time. Well, <laughs> well uh, I, <laughs> you know, is it I clerks?
1: Mean... Is it, well, is it clerks where he's like, you know, Helen Keller, that girl that was locked away in the attic. Like, oh my no. God.
0: What's clerks? He's like, no, that's not her. So, did you, what did you say? What's clerks? Oh, it's a movie. Nevermind. Sorry. Nevermind. I got it. It's I'm cool. I got it. Got it. Back to what I was saying.
1: Anyways, what you, I was saying, he says <laughs> Helen Keller, he's the girl that was in the attic. He's like, no, that wasn't her. You know, the girl with the diary. I'm like, no, that wasn't oh her. Like, that was Anne Frank. He's like, Helen Keller was a deaf, dumb, and blind. Oh.
0: <laughs> and I didn't mean it as an um, insult to Helen Keller when I was saying they're Helen keller in their way. I just meant like they're acting blind and deaf. Like they were ignoring shit left and right because like as Octavius stated 15 times, he picks up shifts all the time. He's willing to work and he'll do anything. So they're like, come on in, boy. But on June 27th, 2005, Charles pled guilty to the five murders committed at Hunter Dawn Medical Center in New Jersey. And then on December 6th, 2005, the press release came out that stated, or that Cullen stated, that he wanted to donate a kidney to a relative or boyfriend. I don't remember which one it was, of an ex girlfriend. So, swell huh? fella, He wanted to donate a kidney. To a relative of an ex-girlfriend. Oh. So, huh? Like, he's loyal. <laughs> he's down for life. But he was denied anyways because he was awaiting sentencing and he's in a county jail, not a prison, so they said, fuck you.
2: No, we own your kidney, boy.
0: Exactly. On January 11th, the press release that Colin had stopped cooperating with investigators and demanded to be sentenced so he would be free to proceed with the transplant operation if permitted he could only do that from a sentenced standpoint once placed in a federal or state location. On March 2nd, 2006, Cullen is confronted by family members of the victims and sentenced to 11 consecutive life terms for the murder of 22, the attempted murder of, and the attempted murder of three in New Jersey. And this means that he will not be eligible for parole until he has served at least 397 years. Oh, no, that's nothing. He now will still be yeah, sentenced. Weeks. Yeah, mm-hmm. he Stops. still has not been sentenced for the other murders yeah. from Pennsylvania. So they way, They're, right now. It's... He ain't getting out. He's got. We're good. He's locked for three ninety seven. We got. We're good.
2: Yeah, but on his fourth lifetime, mm-hmm.
0: we when need he returns to charge as a cat. Again. Yeah, when he returns as a cat, we'll get him. On March eighteenth, two thousand six, the press is just releasing shit left and right. Again, they tell us that a New Jersey judge has agreed to allow him to donate that kidney. And that's awesome for the transplant recipient, but I just...
1: Would you want to know who it came from?
0: Well, this is like a personal one, like a relative or like a... This isn't a random match, like on a registry. They were specifically seeking his kidney because he was a match and they knew it. So they didn't go through like the registry process. I'm sure the person, the recipient was probably on the registry, but they... Were able to obviously find out before he was, you know, incarcerated that he was a positive match because they started the process of asking if he could get the kidney transplant or give the kidney. So, Charles Cullen's crimes led to people, led people to question how he could have worked at so many hospitals. And Cullen was never given a bad employment reference, nor was information shared that he was under investigation or fired from different hospitals. This is a major flaw in the system of healthcare recruitment, and it was revealed during the investigation that there were not adequate law and legal ways for employment checks to be undertaken by healthcare facilities into the people that they hired, nor were there reporting requirements for legal protections of employers who were suspected of a health care healthcare worker of suspecting healthcare workers of negligence, misconduct, or worse. If any of the places that employed Cullen had the legal ability to check with those former places, then they would have discovered that he had been under investigation or had been fired, which would have stopped his murder spree. In New Jersey, the healthcare system, the Healthcare Professional Responsibility and Reporting Enhancement Act, also known as the Cullen Act, began in 2005 as a direct response to his serial killings. The act requires healthcare professionals and the bodies to notify. The New Jersey Division Division of Consumer Affairs, if they have information about incompetence, impairment, or negligence of the healthcare worker, the Act also means criminal background checks of healthcare workers seeking a license to work in New Jersey is mandatory. I'm pretty sure this so, is not just locally, like just to New Jersey. Like, there's something maybe not called the Cullen Act, but every state requires a background check to go into healthcare. Yeah. Like, literally. So
1: that means that before 2005. 2005- They didn't have a check They did not
0: specifically, no. But Mm -hmm. I started working at the hospital in 2007, and they did. We did fingerprinting. We had background and drug screens. So, like, two two years years later. That's after 2005. But people, I'm getting there, jerks. (laughs) (laughs) People that started before me. I started in
2: 2007. People that started
0: before me did the same shit, so fuck off. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, (laughs) queen. So, during his final interview ever, given, so far, to date, whatever, on 60 Minutes, Charles Cullen said that he was sorry for his crimes, and once again stated that he was just trying to help people not suffer anymore. But of course, he kicked it up a notch and added chillingly,
1: Um, um, like I said, uh, I don't know if I would have stopped. YOLO. Well,
0: <laughs> and, oh, that is the end of that. I
2: mean.
0: He's still sitting in the Trenton.
1: For 400
0: more years. He just came out with that too. Just dropped it. What? <laughs> I said he's still sitting in the, sitting in the Trenton. Because it rhymes? It I didn't think, when I said so it, I wasn't trying to. You're a poet to.
2: and you didn't even know it?
0: Yes. I'm the improv queen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> man what what a... so this is a combination of yet again the system you know obviously this guy was crazy to start like he had his mental problems try to come into us like 20 times he yeah. should someone sh- there should have been some intervention at some point by somebody but you know i guess like, the silver lining is because of him there are stricter Guidelines and stuff. So.
0: Yes, there's two positives that came from this. There are stricter guidelines set in place now for federal and state healthcare associations and anyone who is applying for a healthcare associated license. There are, um, you, we now have the ability to cr- check criminal negligence. Um, you know, like all of those things, anything that we're concerned about for prior employment, we can check now. Will said that when someone calls, all they can say is yes, they were they were here they were employed and they're either rehirable or not that's only if they're not worried about an investigation because the new employer has already started the background check process and if they're starting background checks they're gonna see all the crazy shit that's popping up and the investigations that were happening that slipped through the cracks because at this time nobody was talking to anybody
1: dang well do you have any you're in the medical field do you have any thoughts about this at all
2: um, I mean, we do a similar thing. We're so involved in healthcare we're not in the hospital setting, but uh we have background investigations and then any violent crime that we're convicted of or a crime that involves uh alcohol or drugs, it has to be reported to the licensing agency and then you basically lose your license
0: but that's only if they are caught right like if they self-surrender or ask for help does california support that and get them the rehabilitation that they're yeah
2: there's there's uh protections for for people that um, need to go to rehab and things like that they're protected um that's more along the lines if they're convicted of a crime a violent crime no i mean like drugs uh, or
0: alcohol related
2: uh nurses if
0: if they were to go to
2: Oh, hey. if they're selling, if they're stealing drugs at work, that's a fe- that's a federal offense. They're, uh, yeah, but they can. There's no rehab for that shit.
0: In the state of Mississippi, if they admit and ask for help, they can be rehabilitated and cool. That's Mississippi. <laughs> yeah.
1: They do. I don't work in the medical field, but at my construction job, uh, if I get you work like construction. Hot, technically, building warships is oh, construction. Oh yeah, I guess, yeah. maybe. I, I, I wear a hard hat.
2: He's in construction. Bob the Builder. Yeah. He wolf whistles or
1: cat, cat. what is it? Yeah, I, I stand on I-beams cat high calls. above the city. Cat call. And I cat call any, any dude <laughs> You're I see. Not yeah, an I iron.
2: Any thick dude that walks below me.
1: Yeah, any thick boy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just, even in my job, if I get caught like with drugs in my system or like I have alcohol on my breath or whatever, I'd be like, hey, I need help. Send me to rehab and they won't fire you. They will send you to rehab.
0: And that's it's not it's your, just in Pascagoula for Ingalls. I believe that's in the entire company as a whole and they are in several states, including California, San Diego. So yeah, they do it too. Yeah. So if you go to work drunk like, and you say, hey, hey boss man, I need help. I have a problem. Yeah, I have a problem. Yeah, They're that like, was
2: hey. yeah, that's the case and yes, they there's uh protected state statuses like that.
0: And I get that, like, there's especially a in California, because stealing drugs. I get what you're saying about that. That's a federal thing. Oh, yeah. Like, that's. But if different. they
2: said I'm addicted to uh, yeah. fentanyl, then and that's why I'm stealing
1: what if they said it? I'm addicted to stealing. What if I'm addicted to stealing? I'm a kleptomaniac. With the fentanyl, I don't even do anything with the fentanyl. I just steal it.
0: Well, then, steal something else, like an empty vial of non-narcotic drugs. If you're a klepto, there's no
1: thrill in that. Yeah. I can, also, I can make a dollar off. We the still fentanyl, have to dispose
0: least. of them properly. We don't want to prick a finger in a glass vial get in a trash can
1: you might not want <laughs> to.
2: i want to go for a ride
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah this case was very controversial as far as the information being given and how it was laid out a lot of the shit was fluff and it was just yeah the, i needed to know how- the facts
1: yeah, the guy didn't talk. So how do you make a story out of this? Really, because like the it's... other
0: people that worked with him and witnessed his behavior, the patient said he didn't yeah, actually saw, kill the old lady much... who admitted, or you know, filed a complaint that he tried to give her some meds. He wasn't her nurse, and he's just coming up in the room. Yo, yo, let's do some drugs today, lady. And giving her shit, she doesn't even take. The son was in the room also. I didn't mention that, but the son witnessed all this yeah. and allowed it to happen. She I mean, allowed like, it hey, to you... happen.
2: Yeah, but but Charles, like, I'd be like, no, don't nah, touch me. If you don't work in healthcare. You're in the hospital for something and a nurse walks in and is like, "Hey, we're going to give you some medication." I'm not going I to guess. To go, what wait, yeah. wait, 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 what is it? What is it? What are you giving me?" Or if I'm the son, I'm like,
0: Well, if gonna, that's healthcare, nurse, so
2: that's on me. I would be like, "Hold on a second. What do you, what's going on here?" But for any normal person in a hospital with a sick relative, I don't think they're going to question then what the nurse is doing too much. Unless they it's be super be suspicious.
0: saying what they're doing is my point. point, point yeah, well, "Hey, yeah, I'm yeah, here just to just give, give you your
2: uh-huh. Ben and he home. probably said that. That's yeah, like, Yeah. Me. I'm, I'm going to give you your pain medication now and just try to overdose on uh, digoxin.
1: Yeah, no, it was super suspicious because he walked in and he's wearing a different color outfit. She's never seen him before and the son's never seen him before. And he walked in. He's like, hey, uh, to the son, he's like, you need to leave. And he's like, why? He's like, because I, I have to do this in private or whatever. So he's like, getting hostile with the son, like, you have to leave the room. And so she wasn't comfortable. She was freaking out. So it caused a scene is really what it was. He, The whole interaction was just fucking weird in general. So that you know, red flags went up there. So because the son wasn't comfortable, I think he got the mom the help she needed before she would actually die.
0: And also it probably was one of his off days and he probably just rolled up in that bitch with street clothes on. I think he was
1: wearing a white uniform and everyone else was wearing like the light blue. He was the the president the orderly. of the nursing class.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: No, I mean uh, hospitals where they wear different scrubs, like chargers yeah, and do. then the nurse, and no, then we don't. No, not the that. ER, the ER techs, and no. the CNAs. Like they all wear different yeah. different colored scrubs, and it's dependent on the hospital. Some they all
0: yeah. You wear every you wear nurse, maroon. yeah, but like I also wear blue. So, but like right now, for instance, like talking about the pay- him going up in that room to give meds with regular clothes on, I don't know for a fact that he did that. You said he was wearing white, whatever. Yeah. That's um, very,
1: as it was told, he was wearing like a we white. We are hat
0: all hat. wearing different colored scrubs in our hospital and some are like hospital, you know, distributed scrubs and there's two shades of blue and then navy blue, maroon, black, gray, red, pink. Um, I mean, there's so many colors. Like I, as a patient, not working in a healthcare field ever, I would be so confused. So like, that's why I'm super like assertive with like myself. I tell them everything I'm doing as I go, but also... I was working last week for JCO Prep, and I'm in street clothes doing this, so I'm not going to get pulled onto the floor. And I got asked to help a patient, and they were confused as shit why this girl in jeans and a sweater is helping them in the bathroom. So, like, I didn't realize I was not wearing scrubs. I just went into work mode. just had your badge on? Yeah, I did have a badge on. So, I mean, there's that. And I did put gloves on. <laughs> but I completely forgot that I was not wearing scrubs. Like, that's how... Like in my job, I was like I focused and just I was at work, so I was yeah. gonna help. Since someone needed help, I'm gonna help.
1: Yeah, this is just a wild story, and I, and I, I really would like to think that this would not happen this day and age, but who knows? You know, th- I mean, if Emily really dived in, she could probably have her own segment of like angels of deaths that she would do like during the, like her episodes or whatever. <sighs> like, there's so many medical people that are are killers and whatnot. It's uh.
0: I don't know don't give me it, ideas it, it's
1: scary it's, it is it's scary it's very scary to think that the people you're supposed to be trusting uh you know authority figures and whatnot it, it's just you really don't know who to trust and it's really like what are you supposed to do in the situation especially when the first couple cases where like they didn't know it was insulin or they didn't know it was digoxin that they were looking for and if they don't know what they're looking for how do they fix it you know what i mean it, it's just, it's a scary case overall it really is
0: yeah, that with what you're saying on that is there are corrections to be made when they when things happen. They can recorrect the, the medication given if there was too much or whatever. There's other medications you can give to stop what that is starting, the overdose. So, yeah, if they had known more about it and known what he was doing, then they could have. But like you said, in the patient the coming out of the OR, they stopped their meds because they weren't doing great. And then they suddenly got better. Yeah, so i think it's just like better. a slow very 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 slow process of elimination for this whole healthcare system up there
1: yeah but i feel like you're racing the clock every time and how, like what if you don't figure it out like this isn't an episode of house you know it's not one guy who secretly knows everything <laughs> and just makes you figure it out yeah you know it the real life, real life you're uh, repercussions <laughs> repercussions repercussions to not knowing what was given like and if charles because a lot of times charles would like play the hero we didn't really talk about that but like he would I cause someone to code to yeah i don't we don't want to like talk about him too much like just his in- mental instability and what he did but well, we do support he mental
0: would... health issues and we are supportive of people who reach out and if you have mental health problems please feel free to reach out to us like or, that's... or, or a professional yeah but maybe we can put them in connection with a professional if they're not yeah, able to do yeah, so no, themselves
1: I've, no no i get it i just uh i feel like
0: they should reach out to professionals. Yes, I'm hoping that they would already know that. I'm I was not saying the we're one
2: here. to sit down with anyone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, what I was saying is like he would cause a code. He, you know, he knew enough about medicine to cause a code, and he would run in and be the hero. You know, and people, his coworkers, thought like they would. A couple of them mentioned, like, he would go in there, like, go over the top and, like, pound on their chest and, like, really make a show of him saving someone's life because he knew what to do.
0: He loved cracking sternums and ribs. That was specifically um, something that stated that grossed me out because I recently did it. And I just, um, that bothered me a lot. It did not resonate well. I was pissed because he's, okay, so another thing on to that is in the past there have been other people who are considered angels of death or whatever who didn't do it as i guess they weren't as methodical as he is like he's doing this over time he's got a long game going and even though it seems not like a long game because he's doing it so quickly the medication distribution it, it, like process for him was a long game he was pre- prepping those bags hiding those bags getting the medication building up a supply and doing this all under the radar Rather than, like, the ones who go in the room that are at the bedside and slam these medications to kill the patient right then and there and then barely pop out of the room long enough for the patient to start coding. Like, he didn't plan for them to immediately do this. He hung the meds, hung the bags, and pretty much waited for them to code and watched and just probably was so, like, enthralled in that. Like, it gave him so much disgusting, like, happiness and power feeling
1: yeah probably but uh to wrap this episode up like it's just how like it's just scary because it, like will said like you someone medical professional walks to your room you don't know maybe that maybe your nurse is busy and they send the tech in to put something for you i, mean, I know that they have different rules and all to do certain things but however how would you know the difference you know what i mean if you're just a regular everyday person who doesn't work in the medical field that's on and, us like how how do you fight this? You know what I mean. It's you, on the hospital and the
0: individual in the room. It's on us as healthcare professionals to let our patients know, and there's we're. It's on us to ease them of any anxiety or whatever they have related to either one the yeah, procedure, yeah, you, the reason they're there, or I, us. Let's say,
1: let's say, let's say I don't know you or will, and you guys are both taking care of me. Like how you could you could say whatever you want to me and be like in a nice tone, like, "Hey, I'm giving you this," but really you're fucking slamming. Whatever one of the drugs you mentioned, and it, how how would I know? How would I know? How would anybody know? They'll never know.
0: Well, now it's easier to find out because those medications are locked up in an omni or of Pixis. So whoever's going to pull them out, it's going to be locked to their name, and the hospital will keep track of that daily. My bosses are walking around the ER every single morning, pulling the log for the narcotics in every single area's Pixis trauma, chest pain, med two. It just takes medical. more diligence. Yeah. You have to be proactive.
1: Yeah. Well, hopefully you don't. But you out there, if you are listening to this, if you have experience with a shitty hospital situation, send us an email, bloodthirstypod at gmail.com. Send us a voice message on anchor.fm. Tell us your, like I said, hopefully you don't have these scary stories. But if you do, let us know. How did it go? Did you sue them? Are you rich now? Can I have some money? You know, let mm-hmm. us know all these Just things. Just the small things. Yeah. yeah. For 87 cents a day, you can, you can, you your can,
2: podcast you can spare like one mil out of your billion dollar uh, settlement. Yeah, you, Come on. You, you don't, don't be stingy. Me. You got it.
1: You got it. <laughs> don't you know, be please. stingy. So uh, hit us up on our socials. We have Twitter, which Twitter, Instagram, Facebook,
0: at, at Bloodthirsty Times.
1: Yep. And, and our LinkedIn profile there's...
0: is on there also. For all of our socials, our LinkedIn profile. Is there so it's just one click easy finds yep so
1: that's it we'll see you next week Thanks. we'll see next week bye. for our, we have special guests and it's going to be a spooky episode yay everybody everybody. bye, bye.